trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and learned Hello again everybody and welcome back to Card Advantage I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts And joining me as always is our other faithful host, Rich Rich, how are things? Clicky Things are in fact clicky I heard that click very... Thank you very much. Totally heard that click. Uh, welcome back to Card Advantage. This is episode number 94, recorded here on June, let's say, no, July 22nd? Yes, yes, July 22nd. It's one of those days. You know, summer, I lose track of dates, I won't lie to you. Without the structure of a normal semester, I, I just lose touch. Do you know why we made a spreadsheet for all the planeswalkers? Uh, no. Did we? It was a spreadsheet. It's got all the Planeswalkers, their artists, their color identity, their rarity, their set print, and some call them that's got a lot of different numbers, and I do not know what they mean. Hmm. I'm going to have to take a look at this. Uh, hold on, ladies and gentlemen, listeners at home, as we figure out what in the world we did in a previous episode. Um, I don't know. We were doing something? It's made in February. February, huh? Right. Yeah. Huh. Look at that. Uh, okay. Uh, I think this first column here is collector number. Is it Johnny really number one? Yeah, well, he always comes alphabetical. But why would Karn Liberty be one? Okay, because, okay, so when, uh, here's a complete aside. When, uh, the nice folks at Watsi are numbering a set, the very first thing in a set, uh, is a colorless planeswalker if there is one. So that's where a Johnny goes, and I think that's where Ugin went. Uh, in the numbering scheme. Uh, then you go through the colors, starting with white, you know, Wooburg order. But why would Elspeth, well, I suppose Elspeth doesn't start with an A. No, but she would be like E. Being Interesting. Elspeth. At least that's what I think this column is. It very well could be. I just don't understand why we have it. Yeah, I don't actually know why we made this particular spreadsheet. It may have had something to do with uh, one of our flavor episodes where we were looking at... Uh, man, look, I, I actually have no idea. I could make something up, but I just don't know. I like to make stuff up. Okay, that's right. You said it was February of this year? That's what it looks like. Well, let's take a quick look at, because I also have a document, I don't know if you know this, but I have a document that lists all of our show topics uh, from previous shows. I do. Mostly so that we don't, you know, accidentally repeat ourselves. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, in February we did an episode uh, specifically about uh, Planeswalker cards, uh, where we talked about Planeswalker cards. So that spreadsheet must have been made as uh, an, an aid for discussion when we did that. Must have. But that was so long ago that I don't even remember that. Uh, someone who recently listened to that episode, tell us how it was. I'm going to assume good. I, I don't know. I like to assume good. I, I assume that all of our episodes are amazing and awesome, and I have no idea. Yeah, I just, hey, you know, speaking of planeswalkers, so, uh, you remember in a recent show, you and I were chatting, I think it was the last show, in fact, that we recorded, you and I were chatting about the planeswalkers in the, the new MTG Origins set. You remember that? Yes, I do. 
And uh, we even came up with, if I'm not mistaken, uh, a ranking of uh, uh, the Planeswalkers, right? We did. Yeah, and I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I think I think we might have gotten some things wrong. We got things wrong. I don't. I I, I think we did. Uh, you know, because because I believe our ranking was uh, Liliana. And then a toss-up between uh, Jace and Gideon, and then yep. Chandra, and then Nyssa. Yeah, I believe that was our ranking. Yeah, I gotta say, though, in Limited, man, Nyssa was really good. Like, really good. And Jace was, uh, man, I'm not gonna say garbage, but I'm gonna think it. <laughs> but that's Limited, though. Limited's yeah. different. Yeah, Limited is different. I'm just saying. Because I thought Nyssa World Waker was p- quite good, but she was not very good in Limited. Uh, no, no, no. I think she was very good in Limited. I think she was amazing in Limited. I ran into her a couple of times in Limited, and I just, she was nothing to me. Okay, well, what, what sorts of, well, what, what sorts of shenanigans were you playing, sir? I didn't play shenanigans. I played either Black Red Kill You or Blue White Kill You. Okay, well, I still think, th- I, I'm just saying, I think that Nissa is better than we gave her credit for. Perhaps, so. I hear, a lot, I've heard my, one of my friends saying he thought she was the best, and I just, I refuse to accept that. I still think she's really good though, I mean, particularly I think, she, I think she's good too. I'm not saying she's not. Like I said, I would, I would play her Planeswalker card. Well, even it's, in a, even in a constructed format, her card is pretty much good anytime you see it in a game. Yeah, my friend also thought she, when she, he played her, she put the boars into play. Uh, yeah, she does, she does not. She puts it in your hand. But that's actually, that's actually better for you, because if you get her late game, you can, you can play her creature side, fetch the forest, play the forest, flip her over. Yeah, that's true. I know, I'm, I'm still not super high on her. I just wish, like, if she, maybe it wasn't basic forest, that would be better for me. Yeah, well. Um, if she let you fetch a land. Oh, that would be way too powerful. It's Borderland Ranger. Yeah, but it'd be way too powerful. It's Borderland Ranger. Yeah, but when she could flip into a planeswalker, just go get any land you want, willy nilly. Basic land then, any basic. Okay, that I, that I'm fine with. That's Borderland Ranger. Ba- Borderlander's basic forest. Yeah, because I mean, land. if, if she could basic. go get any land, there are some legacy decks that would totally, totally jam her in there. Because yeah, nothing, I don't think anything should really let you surf for any just for any land, but like any basic. So yeah, that's okay. Better, that's better than just a forest. Or maybe even just any land with a basic type. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, any any of the five basic types, then you could just yeah. go get your your duels or your shocks. That'd be fine by me too. That makes her, that makes her less. You know, who wants to play forests? Ooh. Uh, well, uh, not, I'm not even saying the color green just basics. I mean, not many decks run a lot of basics anymore. Ramping into Mistcutter Hydra. It's got protection from blue. Damn it, so forests. Yeah. I mean, like basics. It's basics. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, tonight was not actually going to be a discussion of, of Nyssa, uh, but, but what we thought we might do is t- talk some more about Planeswalkers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. why not? So, uh, Rich and I were talking, uh, about a week ago, uh, trying to come up with an idea for a show topic, and, and Rich had a very interesting one, and he said, hey, let's talk about, uh, creep in planeswalkers or, or I, I think it was creepy planeswalkers, planeswalkers who are creepy. And I said, yeah, Jace, we can totally talk about Jace. He's a creepy planeswalker. I thought Jace was right. a good example because he's had a lot of printings and he, I think his changes are good examples. Of oh, the power oh, creep in I'm sorry. Power creep, not just creepy. 
Oh, yeah, oh power. okay. Okay, all right. That's that's I guess a little bit different. Okay, so sure, I think, yeah. I think he's a pretty good example of the power creep. Minus Mind Sculptor. We'll mention Mind Sculptor, but we're not including Mind Sculptor in this. Right, yeah, I, I because don't... that is that is immediate power creep of ridiculous proportions. Yeah, for completeness sake, we'll need to talk about Mind Sculptor, but oof, oof boy. Yep. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Let's go uh, back. Let's go back to the inception of Planeswalkers, which was something they wanted in Future Sight, which was not ready. Yes, totally so wasn't got, baked yet. So we got them in Lorwyn. Which made which no were, sense flavor-wise, because they, did they didn't show didn't appear in Lorwyn. They didn't fit in Lorwyn. None of it. But that's why they're called the Lorwyn Five. The first Planeswalkers who were printed, the first five, were in Lorwyn. And, and the first one in our list here is Jace Bellerin. Before we even start talking about Jace, I just want to go a little bit more into Planeswalkers. So sure. When they were first incepted, um, they're a new card type, which people loved because it's a new card type. It's something new and interesting, which they are. And I believe Watsi said at one point they weren't going to print them in every set. They were going to be kind of a special thing, which is not true. Well, no, it is a special thing, but they do print them way more often. They're like well, all over the place. But tell me, how many people would be upset if there was a set that didn't have them? Uh, lots. Because they're great. Yeah. They put, I think it puts a lot of extra pressure on Watsi to make, you know, re- new characters, you know, not use the same iterations, mm-hmm. which makes them make too many, I think. Right. Too many of the same, like, too many Jaces, too many Lilianas. Like, I don't think it's, I think it's okay to make Liliana of the Veil in a couple sets. That's as an example. Or Jace Bellerin in more than just a core set in Lorwyn. Sure. Because, but they don't, I don't think they want to do that. One, because it, ma- it starts mass printing that card mm-hmm. at, at Mythic Rare, and it's always taking up Mythic spots, and people don't want to keep getting Jace Bellerin at Mythic in all these different spots. Right. So I, I get why they didn't do that, but I think it clogs up where it creates too many of each individual ones. Mm-hmm. So I do think it holds up design a little bit, but they were, I think they were more of a success than they ever thought they would be. Oh, they were just a runaway success. They were just amazing. Yeah. It's not every deck uses them tournament-wise or other but a lot do. Right. And they're not always game-breaking, but they are just ridiculous amounts of card advantage. Well, the ones the ones who are good see tons of play. Yes. The, the ones who aren't are, yeah, not so much. They stay expensive because they're mythics, but eh. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they are all, no matter what color, no matter what you're doing, they're card advantage. Because if it lasts more than one turn... You've already generated a lot. It's worth your mana. Yeah, you know, it's it's like having a repeatable sorcery, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's just fine. You know, uh, sometimes Great. that's what you need. And if nothing oh. else, uh, almost all planeswalkers that see play, their their ultimate ability, even if it doesn't ever get used, is important because it creates a clock for your opponent where there wasn't one before. It, it makes it so it's a problem they have to deal with. Like Domi Raid have to deal with. Um, yeah. Ki- Kiora have, have to. Oh God, deal have with. to deal with. Yeah. Have to. Seriously, that's and that's it, just a beat down. Because I mean, like control decks like them because it takes away its damage. Their life points aren't taking. Yes, definitely. It 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 creates another target. You know, because like when you're playing, you know, Architect of Thought, you had to deal with it in the end because otherwise that thing is going to take your best spell and its best spell and it's going to ruin your life. Yeah. And I've seen many a Jace take your biggest fatty in your deck and then a counter spell on the, out of theirs. Mm-hmm. And because that spell, it, it can sit exile forever until you want to cast it. 
And so, I mean, there's that, which we can talk more when we talk about architect of thought. But, I mean, they're just game changers no matter what kind of deck they're in. Uh, I think with, I thought with the architect of thought you had to cast them right away. I don't think you do. Well, let's just check on that. But uh, the way it reads, you gotta do that like now. Uh, it, because otherwise it would say for as long as the card remains exiled, and it doesn't. It just says you may cast those cards without paying their mana costs. Yeah, yeah, that usually means like right now. So let's just make sure. I'm sure that they... Yeah, because uh, I've seen it played the other way. It was a judge that was playing that way. Yeah, well, we we are fallible. We do we do screw things up. I'm not up. saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying no, that's no. why I thought that was the case. I never looked into its ruling because I, no, I think I've only altered Jay's Architect of that once. Uh, yeah, if you can't cast the card now uh, or choose not to, it will remain exiled and Jace's ability won't allow you to cast it later. Yeah, you've got to do those now. Okay. Okay, but anyway, we'll we'll get to Architect of Thought eventually. So let's get into Jace, because I think he's a perfect example of the power creep we see. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I'm not really sure that I agree that it's true power creep. It is it is changing power over time, but we'll 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 get to that. So let's let's start at the beginning. Why don't you tell us about uh, Jace the Jerk Bellerin? Or Baby Jace, as many people call it. Baby Jace. What used to be uh, uh, one blue-blue destroy target mind sculptor. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it's one blue-blue, as Clues said. And it's plus two is each player draws a card. That's it. Nothing special. No one, who wants to kill a Jace when he's drawing your cards? No that, one. That's right. He makes it He makes it look like he's your friend. But a spoiler, he's not. Then you can minus one to draw. target player draws a card. And then minus 10, target player puts the top 20 cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. It's less than a traumatize. Um, and that's, and that, I think mostly the, what creeps to me is the ultimates. Because mm-hmm. I think you can look at any of the original five and none of the ultimates are game breaking. Right. Uh, okay, and don't forget his starting loyalty here starts at three. So one blue blue, three loyalty. Those are our pluses. We got plus two to go to draw. Everybody draws minus one. Uh, one person gets to draw, usually me, and minus ten. Uh, you get to mill twenty. Okay, so let's let's look at just some some themes that we have with Jace, right? So draws cards. Uh, draws cards. So card draw a big thing, uh, and mill. Also one of Jace's We'll see that things. that is also a big thing for Jace. Uh, he's got three loyalty and a three mana cost, so there's kind of a, a one-to-one mapping there. I don't know if we want to call that a, a vanilla loyalty, I suppose, is one I don't think, think it about is. That, but I, you know, one for one is not very common. No, it's it's not. And you really need to think about, uh, okay, I, I, I think one metric you might want to use with, with these sorts of planeswalkers is ask yourself, uh, okay, from its starting loyalty, so from the turn I bring it in, how many turns until I can actually activate the ultimate? So he starts at three, one turn later he's at, he's at five, then seven, then nine, then eleven, so it's five turns later that you can actually activate the minus ten, right? Right. But I think the big thing that he had going for him was, if they keep plussing, I'm getting cards too. Right. So it's hard to like you know turn that down, and he was just and even his ultimates I don't think has ever been that threatening. Yeah, you know it's not necessarily game breaking. I mean, so let let's think about this in two different contexts. It, it sucks, but if we're in a uh, limited game, right? So you've got a forty card deck. Well, you, yeah, that's it's terrible. You drew seven. 
by the time he comes down, that's eight, nine, ten. So ten cards are now out of your library. Uh, four turns later, five turns later, because he goes to five on the turn he comes down. So you've got one, two, three, four more cards that you've drawn. So like 14 cards, at least 14 cards of your deck are gone. Plus the one, two, three, four activations of making you draw. So another four. So like 18 cards of your deck are gone when I then get rid of 20. So yeah, I mean, in a, in a, in a limited game, he is backbreaking because you're pretty much screwed. You're about to get decked. In limited, that is a good ability, but like, I don't want to just base them in limited. Right. But I mean, I think we need to look at both limited and constructed as we look at these, these planeswalkers going forward. So now in constructed, uh, okay, I've lost, you know, we're up to about 18 cards out of my deck, uh, plus we lose 20. So, uh, that's what, 38 cards of my 60. I still have almost, I still have between a third and a half of my deck left. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, if you're going for the long game, yeah, that's a great way to end it. Mm-hmm. But mm. and if you have any other kind of mill, uh, it can be good. Yes, but I I see this Jace is mostly he's mostly the draw engine. Yeah, you draw you and your opponent enough cards to get to the point where you can just sit there and draw. Right, and in theory, and and the, you've got a plan, right? That you're either taking care of cards in their hand through discard, or you don't care about the cards in their hand because you keep drawing counter spells. Right. And like most, and most of the time, as long as you're, as long as you keep plussing him, your opponent really doesn't care about him. Yeah. Until you, that one time you minus him, he's dead. Yeah. He's got, he's got to die at that point. Yeah, definitely. At that point, they'd probably gotten a good chunk of cards up for themselves, which has gotten them closer. In like in the, you know, the way it goes with blue decks, the more they draw, the closer they get to what they need. Yeah. You could say that for any deck, but blue seems being they built draw into that color, so it generally works in their benefit a little bit better. Yeah, it tends to. You know, in general, the idea is that my one card that I'm drawing is better than your one card that you're drawing. At least that's right. the hope. Right. Like, yep, you you drew uh, Angel Serenity, but I drew Mana Leak. Right. Although, uh, Mana Leak that late in the game, probably not all that important. I drew Counterspell. Okay, that's probably important. Yeah. So... So that's Baby Jace, that's Jace Bellerin, and I think a lot of the Planeswalkers in the original five were like that. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I, mean, I I'm not gonna Lil- call him fair necessarily, but I mean, he's... He- I think Liliana might have had the most devastating ultimate of all the originals. Uh, yeah, you could be right there. Cause she had the, um, bring all the stuff in the graveyard to your side of the field. Yeah. I think that was the most game-breaking. Cause Garrick had overrun. He literally had overrun. Which actually, that was that was a game-winning play right there. It is. I'm not saying like because overrun is, but it's still. I mean, doesn't like just because you have overrun doesn't mean you're going to win. Yeah, by itself in a vacuum, it's not not necessarily. Whereas Liliana getting everything from the graveyard, you probably have a pretty good chance of winning unless they're going to day next turn. Yeah. Or board wipe or whatever the board wipe is, and then Johnny. This was close because you had an avatar that could be huge. Right. Uh, Chandra's was piss poor. Let's see, was was Goldmane the original? Was he the avatar? Goldmane was the original. Yeah, okay. Uh and yeah, Chandra's was not was not was great. It deal six damage to everything? Yeah, which isn't terrible, right? No, it's not, but it's not great. And yeah. did did didn't did you take the six damage too? Because I know that your opponent did. Uh I think it was all creatures and your opponent. I, boy, okay. I, I, man, now you got me curious. I gotta go look up Chandra. 
Chandra Nalar. Good old Chandra. Uh, deals 10 damage to target player in each creature he or she controls. Okay. Oh, so it's been, it's a little bit better than I thought. Yeah. It does, so, that kills most things and 10 damages half their life. But. Yeah, yeah. Fire, fire for all the things over there. So, so I mean, let's look at Jace's next iteration, which is immediate power creep of the ridiculous proportion. Yeah, okay, so let's let's give a little more historical context here. So Lorwyn is where we saw the first Planeswalkers. Uh, we then had uh, the Shards block after yes. Lorwyn. Uh, and we're not going to talk about the Planeswalkers that were in the Shards block, because Jace was not printed uh, in the Shards block. Uh, but there were Planeswalkers there. Well, we can uh, talk a little bit about what we kind of saw. Right. I mean, still didn't see a lot of game-breaking killers besides Nicol Bolas, and I don't think he counts because he's seven-costed to be that. That's what he's meant to be. Well, the original Elspeth was there, right? Yeah, she just made everything indestructible, which is great, but I mean, you can still beat indestructible things. Yeah, uh, although uh, Elspeth was – she was a house, man. Uh, El- Elspeth Knight Errant? That's Knight Errant, yeah. She yeah. Was a house. And a Johnny Vengeance was destroying your lands is awful. Yeah, he was also pretty... So even, you're, you're starting to see the creep. Yeah, and we also step. saw our first uh, multicolored Planeswalker with a Johnny Vengeance. In, and Sarkinvol. Uh, and and Sark- yeah. Nicobolas. All three were multicolored. Uh, but then again, Shards, uh, the Shards of Alara block, that was a multicolored block by definition, so uh, we saw that. Um, Jace Bellerin, Baby Jace, has seen reprints since his original run in Lorwyn. He was also in M10 and M11. But his next new iteration came the block after Shard's block, and that was the Zendikar block. Which, coincidentally, was when I started playing. So, I totally remember seeing this next card. And, I, you know, we're going to have to say, just state flat out, this card's a bit of an anomaly if we're looking at Power Creep. This was Watsy, and I believe by their own admission, asking the question, how much can we push a Planeswalker? Can we give it four abilities? And the answer is, uh, you can push it uh, too far, and uh, yes, you can give it four abilities. Because they have openly admitted he's a mistake. But maybe you shouldn't have. So, uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor... Am I right on that? They openly admitted he was a mistake. Yeah, I, I believe they have. Uh, it's it's one of the only cards in recent memory to get banned in standard. And only it's, a few months before it's even rotating. Yeah, I mean, it was only like three or four months before rotation, and they banned it anyway, because that's how oppressive this card became in that format. So Jace the Mind Sculptor costs... And it cast, and it cast tournaments attendance to be super poor. Yeah, it sure did. Uh, mostly because of the, the deck that uh, he was dominating in. Uh, J- yeah. We don't need to talk about Cobblade. Yeah, let's let's. We could do a whole episode on Cobblade, but I'd rather not throw my microphone and, across the room. And if, even be me complaining. Even I would complain about that. Yeah, that's how you know it's bad. Uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor costs two blue blue. Starts with a loyalty of three, and he has the following four. Count them four abilities. Plus two. Look at the top card of target player's library. You may put that card on the bottom of that player's library. So it's essentially Fate Seal. And that's, I know what you're going to get, and you're yeah, not going to like it. That's right. Oh, that card? That card will help. Let's just put that on bottom. You get to gamble with the next card. Uh, his zero ability. That's right, zero. He had an ability that neither increased nor decreased his loyalty. Draw three cards, then put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. 
So that's yeah, Brainstorm right there's there. A card that, there's a card that does that. Yeah, Brainstorm, a card that is too powerful to be printed, well, pretty much ever. Let's just put that onto a Planeswalker for zero cost. At least it's not instant speed. Uh, tr- thank God for that. Uh, minus one. Return target creature to its owner's hand. Unsummon. So it's unsummon. Um, which, by the way, is probably one of the least used modes of, uh, of Jace, at least when I see him played, but sometimes it's exactly what you need. That, um, that so when, I, when I used to watch Legacy, I would see them do that decent amount. Yeah. You, yeah they, they do it in Legacy to, um, certain things. Yeah, it, it does happen. It's not impossible, but uh, I'd, I'd say it's not not often done. Uh, minus 12, so his ultimate, exile all cards from target player's library. Then that player shuffles his or her hand into his or her library. They better just hope they have a hand. Yeah, they'd better have a hand or they're already screwed. That's one of the most game-breaking abilities I think I've ever seen. Like, that wins. There's just... Yeah. How do you come back from that? You have to be like the most commanding position to not lose to that. Yeah, your board has to be so far ahead of theirs that I've had it done to me several times, and I have never survived ever. I haven't seen. I don't think I've ever seen anyone. I've never seen anyone play it out. Yeah, I mean, generally you just scoop because well, you're, those two cards you just shuffled in. It's, yeah, you're done. It's like well, trying to play after Carnals. Why? <laughs> well, maybe they didn't exile much. If they exiled two things and one of them's a creature, it's too much. Yeah. Because the creature doesn't have summoning sickness. Nope. He gets to swing turn one. Sure does. Sure I mean, does. I start, I've restarted a game with a Sun Titan and a, um, a Glacial Fortress. Oh, God. Yeah. And they did, did they play it out? They tried. They drew one. <laughs> they, drew, they drew a turn, played a land, and I hit him for six. My first turn, like, he doesn't have something like this. I'm like, nope, I started the game with him in play. That's so right. And he's like, oh, and he scooped. Yeah. Yeah, they, he, he's, he's... I think, I think he thought he might be able to get a Doom Blade or something before, and then he realized he's already going to take 12 from that thing. Yeah. But there was no coming back. Certainly not. Especially uh, when I, my first land of playing, I'm already on two lands. Right. A little, little mana ramp to go along with your, your Sun Titan, because that's totally what you needed. Uh, so Jace the Mind Sculptor, oh man, that guy, so good. Every single mode on this is useful. Every one. Every single one. If you see your opponent's land screwed and you just fate seal every land you see to the bottom. Yeah, or if their land flooded, just keep giving them lands, that's fine. Yep. Oh, that's a creature? No, you can't have that. I mean, just imagine you're stuck on two lands. And every time they fate seal, they probably fate seal the land. So and the the chance that you pretty much would have had to have had two lands in a row to get another land. Yes. Uh so Jace the Mind Sculptor, how does he fit with the uh themes that we saw on Jace Bellerin? Uh card draw? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, he totally has card draw. Uh how about milling? Well he takes call, milling would, to the next I would, level. I would call what he does library destruction. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> that minus 12 is utter destruction to a library. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I guess you can call that, mill that in general, but that is beyond, I mean, that's the closest thing to exa- compare them, because it doesn't go to the graveyard, it just gets rid of it, and that's technically not what milling is. Yeah. So I call that theme of library destruction. 
or attacking or however you want to phrase it. Sure, sure. But in the end, uh, he gets rid of your library is what it's the, it's the end, same end goal. Your library is, you don't have anything to work with. Yes. Which would be essentially to the lore wise would be him completely wiping your mind of anything and you're just a shell. That's the idea. And that the only thing you can remember is the spells you had just a second ago in your hand. That's all you've got. Isn't he a sweetheart? Yep, back old Jace the Mind Sculptor. So, so let's, powerful. Because if you put this on like a J curve when you're looking at the power, you're gonna see Jace the very Bellerin at the very beginning, an X of the like an exponential spike, and then a huge drop down, and then a gentle curve. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so we're we're just gonna table the mind sculptor. We'll just set him off to the side. We'll just ban him like every other format, but bleh, I guess he has. Yeah, that that seems like a good idea. Uh, so really let's does. let's move into memory adepts. One of my favorite Jesus. Okay, and so he came about uh, just again to put it in historical context. So that was World Wake that we had the mind sculptor in. Uh, then we got a couple of reprints of Bellerin, and then the next new Bellerin or the next new Jace, excuse me, happened in M12, so 2011. Which is when they kept, this is when they kept using the same planeswalkers. They, they kept keep, actually this is when M12, that was Gideon and Soren, wasn't it? Hmm. Yep, they brought in Gideon and Soren who were completely new to the core set. And they decided, well, let's not just keep using the same Jace, Chandra, um, Garrick, and so they gave them upgrades. And we got our memory addicts, or emo Jace, as everyone likes to call them. Well, he did, because I didn't like that artwork. Yeah, that's fair. He's three blue blue uh, for four loyalty, which is bigger than most Jaces have been. Um, and then he has draw card. Target player puts the top card of his or her library into his or her graveyard. Um, so that, I like that plus one. To me, it's a draw card. That's just great. Target player puts the top ten cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. That's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Then his minus seven. Um, any number of target players each draw 20 cards. I'm, it's okay. Um, I've seen it useful, but it mostly needs to go with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you need a stuff that deals damage when they draw cards because they just kill people. Um, but uh, his most useful ability was one: he was a control um, control decks sideboard for control decks because mm-hmm. you just stick them and just sit there and drain their libraries. I mean, I've I've all, I could probably count the number of times I have actually plus Jace in my hand. On one hand, I should say. Yeah. Because I play him in just zero, zero, zero. Just an unrelenting mill ten. Yep. And it's, I mean, ten is brutal. Brutal. I didn't know that I said 20 wasn't a big deal, but this is a repeatable ten. And it's practically free. Yeah, because you can do it right away. I mean, you know, that was the problem with Bellerin. You know, getting, getting to that ten took, that minus ten took us a while, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, that's something we didn't really talk about back on on the Mind Sculptor, if we could just jump back there for a second. So he comes in at, at three loyalty, and on the first turn, if you spin him up, he goes to five, then to seven. Nope, nope, he's not, his is a plus one, his fate is a plus one. Nope, you're right, it is plus two. It is plus two, yeah. Ugh, yeah, yeah, so uh, five, then you go to seven, then you go to nine, then you go to eleven, then you go to thirteen, then you kill him, so... Uh, from the time he comes down, you've got one, two, three, four, five turns instead of four until his ultimate goes off. But his ultimate just, it's, you're done. So how about memory adept? He comes down four. at four. Uh, if you immediately plus him, he goes to five and then to six and then to seven and then you can minus him. So, uh. Oh, it's a minus you, eight. Uh, I thought it was a minus. No, you're right, seven. I was seven, looking at yeah. the wrong card. I was looking at the wrong card. 
Yeah, so uh he comes down on a turn and then you've got one, two, three turns until it's he he does his thing. Uh but that's probably not the mode we're gonna be using memory adept in. I think you're absolutely right that instead, uh he's gonna stay at four and he's just gonna keep milling ten. I would plus him every now and then just to keep him out of attack range. Uh-huh. But for the most part, yeah, he was meant to just be zero zero zero. I mean yeah. Oh you know why the gate went ultimate. It's not needed. Right. Okay. So we're gonna call his 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 ultimate is superfluous. We just don't need that. Yes. So, but like, like now to look at the difference between the two Jaces is one he comes with a stronger one one more loyalty. Mm-hmm. His plus no longer benefits opponents. Mm-hmm. He is uh, he has a zero ability, which is anything just power creep in itself. Completely hundred percent right. free reusable. Because as good as most of the minuses are, they're not. Infinite, because eventually you have to start plussing him again to get him in range to use him. Right. This Jace doesn't have that problem. He can just, if, if no one touches him, he can zero to his heart's content. Yeah, he's got an ability that as long as he has any loyalty, you can use it. You, I really liked him with Gideon, because they had to target Gideon. Right. And they had to, they had to leave Jace alone, unless they were playing Burn. Or now, like, Hero's Downfall and stuff like that. Yeah. So as you can, you can kind of see where his power, the power of this Jace is more powerful. As and you can argue that yeah, he costs more as well, which is true. Yeah, and he does cost two more, and that is not a small thing, right? No, it's not. But I mean, if we want to compare him to other three mana planeswalkers through these times, I mean, M12 was right before Innistrad, if I'm correct. Uh, yes, that sounds right. Yes, because M11. Scars, M12, Innistrad, M13, Return to Ravnica. Yeah, that sounds right. So we were going into Innistrad, which gave us another three-mana Planeswalker, who was much, much better than Baby Jace. Mm-hmm. I still argue, outside of Mind Sculptor, one of the best Planeswalkers they've ever printed. And that is clearly Lily out of the Veil. She was three same color requirements as Jace of Mind, as um, Bellerin. Mm-hmm. But did so much more. So that's where I start, I mean, yeah, so that's why, like, I don't want to see as the cost as the argument, because I really do think the increase in power is time, not mana cost. Because they easily could have just made, given his zero a be a minus two. Sure. Yeah, they could have. But they didn't. They decided to make it zero, and that is not because of its, he costs five versus three. I just don't think that, because I think, honestly, to be fairly costed, he should cost at least six for that zero. I mean, because equivalently in blue, you could pay Traumatize, which is half their library. No matter how many cards are in it, it's always half. Mm-hmm. Traumatize can't kill your opponent. Memory Adept can. Certainly can. So that, that's where that's where I start to see the power creep in this card versus the other earlier Planeswalkers and earlier Jace, as we've compared to. Sure. So I just don't want it to be the mana cost. That's what makes it more powerful. I really think it's time. Because I think if they would have printed Memory Adept back when Bellerin was, he would probably have a plus one, a minus, probably minus three, and a minus ten. Maybe mm-hmm. a minus two, minus ten. Because even his ultimate, which I I understand it's not a huge game breaker, but it's still, it can do, there's a, so much you can do to a person. Yeah, or you can just do it to yourself and get 20 cards, right? And get 20 cards. Nothing stopping you from that. Yeah, because it's any number of target players. That's right. Sure, you're going to have to discard at end of turn, but it keep the correct seven, and you're fine. If you have um, Psychosis Crawler, you either kill them on the, all your draw, or you kill them because you have a 20-some card hand. Yeah. 
I mean, this is, it's not as on its own. It does amazing things. It's, it's very easy to make that ultimate kill you. I mean, I honestly, um, did a Jace combo deck when Ravnica came out to make Jace memory out of zero kill you. It was hilarious. It's Demir Guild Mage, or, um, Dusk Mantle Guild Mage. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, activate his, um, yeah, play him, you play Memory Adept, and you activate his, um, three cost ability twice, which is every time a, po- a card goes to your opponent's graveyard, they lose a life. You can, it stacks and you activate it twice, and then you mill people and they die. You mill people and I, boy, where have I heard something like that? There's, there was a guy I used to know who used to say something about mill. To and kill. That, yeah, that, that was it. That was totally it. Yep. And that was a fun combo I used to play. Alright, so that was Memory Adept. Yes. So now, let's move forward in time. So that was M12, and Memory Adept did see reprints in M13 and M14. So M13 came right before the Return to Ravnica block, and M14 came right after the Return to Ravnica block? I believe that's correct. I think that's right. Uh, so our next Jace is Jace, Architect of Thought, first printed in the Return to Ravnica block, uh, I think actually in Return to Ravnica itself, the set. Um, and uh, he has not yet been reprinted in anything, but that was not that long ago, right, as far it as really wasn't. RTR block. Um, he costs two blue-blue, so another four mana cost Planeswalker, so uh, less than Adept. More than Bellerin, but the same price as Mind Sculptor. And what do we get for the same price as Mind Sculptor? We start with a loyalty of four. So that's better than Mind Sculptor. Same loyalty we started with with Memory Adept. So one mana less, same loyalty as Memory Adept. Let's see how he stacks up. Plus one. Until your next turn, whenever a creature an opponent controls attacks, it gets minus one, minus zero until end of turn. Okay, this is a little different. We're, we're not used to that on a Jace. Minus two. Reveal the top three cards of your library. An opponent separates those cards into two piles. Put one pile into your hand and the other on the bottom of your library in any order. So some card advantage for us. Minus eight. For each player, search that player's library for a non-land card and exile it. Then that player shuffles his or her library. You may cast those cards without paying their mana costs. Okay, so what do we have here theme-wise? We've got a way to protect ourselves, and that is something new for a Jace, right? I mean, the the Unsummon on Mind Sculptor kind of did that, but I think this is actually more effective at protecting Jace. Maybe not at saving your hide, but at protecting Jace. Oh, it, it adds up to be a lot. Yeah, because it's it's every single one of their creatures, whenever yep. they attack, lose a buff. So this can take down a lot of damage, particularly against a token strategy, and there were quite a few token strategies. I mean, Lingering uh, Souls was a thing when this card was out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he was actually one of the cards that single-handedly kind of pushed Lingering Souls out of the meta. Because, <laughs> like, I have Lingering Souls, well, I, I play Jace, so there you go. The Lingering Souls are actually pretty much worthless. So that minus two... It's it's a mini factor fiction. It's right? ridiculous. You know the factor fiction card. This doesn't sound that bad when you first read it. It's like, oh, so they they revealed three. At best, they're probably getting two of those into their hand. It's it's going to be fine. Oh God, these. 
That minus two is so good. Best part about Jace. It might be the best Jace ability outside of anything on Mind Sculptor. Yeah, it might be the best outside of Brainstorm on Mind Sculptor, right? Cause, I don't know. Fate Seal is just degrading. Uh, yeah, because it, it forces your opponent to make this terrible, terrible choice that they're going to screw up. No matter what they do, it's it's not going to be the right choice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I watched this thing just be, you know, back-breaking. I use this people. thing to be back-breaking. I'll reveal, like, the Supreme Verdict, Supreme Verdict in the land. They're like, do I give them two Supreme Verdicts? Do I give them Supreme Verdict in the land? Yeah, yeah or... Yeah, uh, actually, yeah. Or Supreme Verdict, uh, another Jace and something else, and it's like, pff, oh God. okay. Hitting now. another, hitting a Jace with your Jace was just the biggest middle finger, because no one ever put anything with Jace. Yeah, because I, I even saw people who would play this minus to it on the next turn, minus to it. It was, it was that good. And then they'd play Jace. And then they'd play another Jace, because there yeah. it was. Uh, so, uh, we don't have true card draw. But we have almost an even better card advantage engine here, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the only better card advantage engine is the the brainstorm on Mind Sculptor. Uh, we don't have any mill though, right? This this card well, has no mill, but he still does go at your opponent's library for something. He does because that ultimate. Oh God! Oh, it's terrible. It's terrifying. Yeah. No, oh. No matter what, they're getting the best thing in your deck. Yeah, get my best thing, get your best thing, and now I'm going to cast them right now, and I don't need any mana to do it. And so when he comes down, he's at four loyalty, so how soon can we do his thing? He's got a plus one, so the first turn he comes down, he's at five, then six, then seven, then eight, then we minus him. So uh, we have one, two, three, four turns till it happens. Best, so best, best ultimate I ever did with Jace? Yeah. Found their world spine worm? Found my Jace. Oh, God. <laughs> it was awesome. I've also found Elspeth with him, too. Also awesome. So his ultimate happens as fast as the ultimate on Bellerin, if I'm if I'm looking at my numbers. Yes, right. that is correct. Uh, and it is a much better ultimate than Bellerin, in my Technically, opinion. outside of Mind Sculptor, it's the best ultimate the Jace has had yet. Yeah. Because this one doesn't need workaround. This just does it. So, how good is Architect of Thought compared awesome. to, uh, say, Bellerin and uh, uh, Memory Adept? It's not my favorite because he doesn't mill. Right. But he's out of those three, he's probably the ben- he's probably the best. Yeah, I I think so too. I think at least of the Jaces we've seen here. Okay, so so um, Table Mind Sculptor, yes, he's better than any of these Jaces. Uh, but I'd say right now, Architect of Thought, uh, number one. Yeah. Uh, and this was funny because he was the one that no one expected anything from him. If you bought him, tried to pre-order him, you got him at dirt cheap. Because I think I pre-ordered four, not thinking he'd be great, but just because he was Jace's. And I got him at like 12 bucks a piece. Yeah, and I think people may have underestimated him because his memory cost, w- or his his mana cost was so close to uh the Mind Sculptor. They're like, oh, this is no Mind Sculptor. Yeah, and, well, and people, people no, would say that. Well, it's like, clearly it's not. And people are like going, you know, he just does minus one. That's not a big deal. It's just a manufactured fiction. And it's like, I think people didn't expect the impact of those abilities. Yeah. And they were huge. In, in play, they were amazing. So. Okay, so then let's, let's see here. So we started with Bellerin. We like shot way off the map with Mind Sculptor. We came back down with Memory Adept, who I think Memory Adept is better than Bellerin. 
I think more expensive, so he is harder to cast, but I still think just straight up, I think he's a better card. But the impact you, like, uh, look at uh, Bellar's impact turn one, you're either drawing one card or you and your opponent are drawing one card. Good, good, but that's the impact you get. Yeah. Impact from memory adapts, either you milled them ten, which no matter what deck you're playing, that hurts. Unless they're reanimator, but yes. Unless, yeah, okay, unless they're reanimator. Or you, you drew a card and they, and they lost a card. There's right. that too. Which, around his time, there was a couple, um, put stuff on top of your library effects. Not a lot, but there's a few. Mm-hmm. So there, that was a thing too. I mean, I've done that. It was, you know, Grip Tide plus Jace. Great removal. Um, so we, he did, I think he had more impact when he came down. Mm-hmm. So, and then if we look at Architect of Thought, I mean, he protected you, he protected himself, he got you everything you ever needed in the world. Um, and then I think, I think Architect of Thought is better than Memory Adept. I, I agree. I think it's a better card. It's not, I don't like it as much, but it is a better card. Okay. Um, but if, I just want to like tally the ultimates again, again, minus Memory Adept. We got Mill 20. Sure. Which, not, not really a build around, there's a few build around things you can do, but that's essentially Mill 20. Um, you got draw, anyone draws 20, which mm-hmm. you is definitely a build around to, but it can definitely do great things. But then you get, um, Architect of Thoughts. There is no build around needed. No, none whatsoever. Still, your opponent's doing all the work for you by playing something great in their deck. Yeah. Uh, do, do, do you have good cards? If so, I just took one. Yep. So, especially it's fun when they're a good card is a one of. Oh, it feels good. <laughs> and control decks, there's a lot of control deck finishers are one ofs. Uh huh. God, that feels great. When you take it, it's like, they're like, hmm. Even if I kill this, the game's pretty much over anyways. Right. So, but yeah, Architect of Thought. I think the, you can see the, in, starting to see the increased power. And he's more powerful than Memory Adept, and he is cheaper in mana. Right. So. Okay, so moving on to the next Jace. So that was in RTR Block, and then after RTR Block came M14, then Theros, then M15, where we got this guy. And I actually didn't like him at first, but then he he grew on me. But I did look at him and compare him to another four-mana Jace, and it wasn't Mind Sculptor. I compared him to Architect of Thought. Um, but we got Jace, the Living Guild Pack, costs two blue-blue for a five loyalty, which is actually really big. Mm-hmm. One, you're getting more than you're actually paying for, and it's very rare we get that. The only other one I can think of offhand is Ashiok. Mm-hmm. There's probably more, but that's the only one I can think of offhand. Um, uh, let's go to his abilities. Um, he has plus one. Look at the top two cards of your library. Put one of them to your graveyard. It's not card draw, but it's nice. Sele- it's nice selection. It helps you get closer to what you need. Um, I would have rather it be, um, you know, what is it, sleight of hand? But it's still never going to give a sleight of hand like on a planeswalker. Yeah, because that's that's not as bad as giving a brainstorm, but it's close to. So they're not giving a sleight of hand. So it's it's fine. I found it very useful in a, in a certain type of deck. Um, his minus three is where he gets really good because that's his protection. Return another target non-land permanent to its own hand. It's not just creatures, it's permanent. He gets rid of planeswalkers, he gets rid of enchantments, he gets rid of things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just a bounce, but bounces is, bouncing is still powerful. It lets you do things, it can get rid of things, and it gives you the ability to counter it again. And it's, he's, he's a tempo planeswalker. Um, his minus eight, which is, um, to me is just a big middle finger to control decks. Is each player shuffles his, his or her hand and graveyard into his or her library. You draw seven cards. 
I originally read it as draw seven, each player draws seven cards, but that's not what it says. Right. You draw seven cards. So let's say you have nothing in hand in a full graveyard. They have a full grip. Yeah. Well, now you have a full grip and all your spells back. So, I mean, that, no matter, like, cause you're getting this late game, they are in serious trouble when that happens. Because you are, you are re-gripped and you got stuff to do and they just don't. So, it's a, it's a powerful ability. It's not the best ability. It doesn't always win you the game, cause if you're in a bad board, board state, you're in a bad board state and just doesn't stop that. But it does do, um, nice things. Like for me, um, I only got this off once. And it was nice because I did it, it was in a commander game. And I was dealing with a hand and I drew into a board wipe and I wiped the board and eventually won the game from there because I was so far ahead of everyone else. Cause you know, like some people had 20 card hands. Yeah. You know, that, and they go from 20 cards to nothing. That's, that's pretty big. And then for me to get out, you know, it was a day of judgment. I was just like, wipe the board. Now what are you going to do? How you like me now? Because I pretty much reset the board state with everything except I have seven cards and they have nothing. So it's it's powerful. I think he it's a little it's less powerful than um, Architect of Thought, even though it's a little bit later. But one he does come down with five. He does. He's harder to kill. I mean, if you're going for the how soon can I do my ultimate, he's as fast as Memory Adept. He's a turn faster than Architect of Thought or Bellerin. And it's and he is one that is like you do it like I, to me I always like to wait an extra turn I always always like to wait the extra turn um, just because I like my planeswalker still to be here yeah he is he is one I can get away with not because normally I'm going to be in such a commanding position I don't need him anymore mm-hmm. and I'm probably going to draw into another one because if I ulted him and he dies does he go to the graveyard first does the spell resolve first and then he's in my graveyard uh you are going to do. Uh, everything, well, let's see now, you're gonna put his ability onto the stack, and then he's gonna go to the graveyard, because you would get priority before his ability resolved, and you'd see that he has no loyalty, so he should be in the graveyard before, uh, So he, d- so he gets shuffled back in. Yes. I mean, that's, so that's good in itself, you know, you get him back, so. I don't think it's as powerful, I think he is m- probably the most niche Jace I've ever seen. Um, cause he just doesn't fit in everything. To me, he fits in a little bit gra- more graveyard friendly decks. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's definitely not the worst Jace I've seen. I still don't, I don't think it's all better than Architect of Thought either though. Yeah. So, it, I, I, I don't know that we can count the Living Guild Pact as an increase in power compared to Architect of Thought. No, I think he's kind of a, a plateau in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I don't want to say he's a decline because I don't think he's a decline because the power level is the same. It's just different. Right. It's put in different ways. Cause I, yeah, cause he's still card selection and card selection is good no matter what. I mean, you may not draw the card, but you still get to draw what you want. Like if you don't want lands and you see two, you know, you see a land, you don't need to draw it. Or if you're not, the, you know, the top card you're getting is not a land and you need one and the next one is, I mean, there you go. Yeah. So he's also good with stuff with flashback. Uh, yes, he is definitely good with stuff with flashback. And he was printed in what, M15? So in M15, we still, we no longer had Innistrad, right? We had, we had lost flashback. There's no flashback, which is, was a downside, but I think that's definitely by design. I don't think they wanted him in a standard with flashback. 
Now, he was also printed after the change to the Planeswalker uniqueness rule, right? He, he was. Because that happened, I think, in between RTR and M14. It was right around that time. Um, it was right before Theros. Happened right before Theros, because that's when they wanted the new legend rules to go in. Right. So I don't know exactly where, where that falls. I can't remember if it was right when Theros came out or if it was the core set when it th- came out. Yeah, I, I think it was the core set before that, which was M14. But he was designed to be part of that. Yeah, so he, when when he was being made, they were aware of the change to the Planeswalker Uniqueness rule. By the way, for those who don't know what we're talking about, back in my day, you could only have one of any Planeswalker on the battlefield at any time. And that's the entire battlefield, even including your opponent's side. Which is so, why Baby Jace was a, a kill, was a, pretty much a hero's downfall to Mind Sculptor. Yeah, because if your opponent had out a Mind Sculptor, you could play Jace Bellerin, and the game would go, hey, look, there are two Jaces here. Poof, they both go away. But that changed, and now it only cares about your side of the battlefield. Well, at that point, wasn't it, they instead of they both go away, wasn't it that you get to pick which ones, your sta- the, the newer one stayed, or was that never a rule? Uh, you get, You get to pick one. Uh, that's at, now. At, yeah, that's now. Now you get to pick. But wasn't it before the? Uh, well, new, before you didn't get to pick ones, anything because they all went away. They all went away. There was never a point where just the newer one stayed. Well, earlier in the legend rule, it worked that way. So there, there was a time that when okay, you so that one, that was just the legend rule. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I'm on board. Because uh, yeah, the legend rule has changed a couple of times over the years, uh, but but now where it's your choice, that's what was instituted at at this change, and it, it went it went the same way for planeswalkers. And the fact that it's only your side of the field that cares anymore. Yeah. And uh, so that brings us to one more Jace, and that is the most recent Jace, who we did discuss on the last show, but let's at least bring him up here. Uh, we have Jace Vrin's Prodigy. Who doesn't look like a planeswalker immediately because he costs one and a blue. That's the cheapest Jace ever, cheaper than even Bellerin. But he's a creature. He's a human wizard. He has a power and toughness of O2, and he has the following ability. Tap, draw a card, then discard a card. If there are five or more cards in your graveyard, exile Jace Brin's prodigy, then return him to the battlefield transformed under his owner's control. So he is a transform card. He flips from one side to... Well, he transforms. I shouldn't say flip. He transforms from one side to the other. And on the front side, he's the legendary creature, which is Jace prior to having his Planeswalker spark igniting. And then on the other side, he is a Jace uh, well after his his spark had ignited. It's not immediately after. Uh, But the backside is uh, Jace Telepath Unbound. And here are his abilities. Plus one, up to one target creature gets minus two, minus zero until your next turn. Not until the end of this turn, but until your next turn. So through your opponent's next attack as which well. Was, which was different than um, Architect of Thought. Uh, well, Architect of Thoughts waited until... Your, was it, until you, was it, it just it was until your next un- turn? Until your next turn. So the, the wording is very... For simple. some reason... Okay. For some reason, I was thinking it didn't happen on your turn. It happened just on your opponent's turn. For uh, nope. Architect of Thought. No, nope. with Architect of Thought, it is until your next turn. So, okay. uh, so it only works on one thing, not a bunch of things. Uh, but that thing does get a minus two, minus zero instead of minus one, minus zero. Minus three. You may cast target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard this turn. If that card would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. So it's it's kind of like flashback. Is it? But isn't it identical to flashback outside of a flashback cost? I mean, it's essentially flashback yeah. where it's 
for its CMC. It's essentially Snapcaster Mage. Yeah. Right. Uh, minus nine, you get an emblem with, whenever you cast a spell, target opponent puts the top five cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So, themes. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about, uh, getting him from the front side to the back side here in just a second, which we did discuss last time, but, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but let's just look at the themes of his, uh, his abilities. Uh, he protects himself, which is something that we saw happen with Architect of Thought. Uh, in a similar has, way. And has carried forward in a very similar way, so he's still very Jace-like that way. Uh, he doesn't really have true card advantage in that he doesn't put cards into your hand, but he does make it so one of the cards in your graveyard pretends that it's in your hand this turn. So uh, that's pretty good. That that minus three ability, I can see how that would be useful. Not only works on an instant or sorcery, but you're probably playing instants or sorceries anyway. Uh, and then, of course, his minus nine is mill. Uh, now, it's a conditional mill. It's it's a weird mill, but it is a mill nonetheless. It's a, it's a slow mill. Yeah. I have a hard time judging hit these planeswalkers with um, the other ones in the creep, just because I think their abilities are based off... Not only the converted mana cost of the creature, but how easy they are to flip. Right. So he's cheaper to cast, but he's a, a fragile creature when he first comes down. And he doesn't have uh, haste unless you can get it to him somehow. So he's got to live through your opponent's turn before you can do anything with him. Now, you're probably not playing this guy turn two, but maybe. I mean, if you do, he is a kind of a card advantage engine for you, right? He's uh, most people are going to play him when there's already a couple things in their yard. Yeah, but he's he's a loot. If nothing else, he's he's, he's an activated looter. Yep. Draw a card, then discard a card, and that is actually a really really good ability. It really is. Now, his ability to transform is tied to that ability. It's not just whenever you get five or more cards in your graveyard, he transforms. No, 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 no. You have to activate that ability and have it resolve for it to do what it has to do. Uh, so that's just something to, to make sure people are aware of. And we're just now starting to see Jace in, uh, in, in play. Uh, I don't know that he has the power to make it to the uh, Eternal formats. Maybe the right deck in Modern might want him, but I don't know what deck that would be. Mm, I have a hard time thinking. Uh, m- maybe the Red, White, Blue controls, maybe, but I still think their Planeswalker of Choice is going to be Gideon. Yeah. The the five-mana Gideon Jura. So let's let's see how fast he does what he does. If you just look at the backside, if he's transformed, let's ignore how we got him there. If he's transformed, he comes down with five loyalty. If you spin him up immediately, that means he has six the turn he comes down transformed. Uh, then he goes to seven, eight, nine, and then you can ultimate. So he is the same speed as Bellerin or Architect of Thought or one speed slower than the Living Guild Pact or Memory Adept. Uh, but you had to get him to his backside anyway. Now, that being said, that still only makes him possibly as as little as one turn slower, because if you play him and on your next turn you activate his ability and then you have five cards in there, you flip him over. Now, it should also be noted that uh, the first turn that you have him do something, he already looted for you before you did something with yep. his uh, his backside. So... A uh, little bit of extra card advantage just built in there when he flips. So here's a question. Sure. Let's say my opponent targets my um, Varen's Prodigy with either Dual Blade or Thunderbolt. Right. And in response, I 
tap him, and I discard my fifth card. That's part of the same ability, so he's going to transform and dodge the Doom Blade, right? He is. Your opponent was a fool. Now, he, he since it's a new instance, not the same creature, he still dodges the Lightning Bolt as well. Correct. All right, that's what I thought. However, if they have targeted you with the Lightning Bolt, and in response, because, you know, you you can't actually target a Planeswalker with a direct damage spell like that unless it says that it can uh, go to a Planeswalker. So if they target you with the Lightning Bolt, uh, what actually happens to get it to your Planeswalker is they redirect that damage at the time the damage is announced. And so by the time you can tell whether they're going to redirect to... Well, no, I'm sorry. He's not a Planeswalker at that point. He's just a creature. Okay, never mind. Everything I just said, complete and utter nonsense. Please ignore me. I always do. Okay, because, yeah, you would have to target the creature. I'm sorry. I got carried away there with talking about redirection. My apologies. Stop the email that you're starting to write to me. It's fine. Everything is fine. Especially don't email when you're driving. Yeah, seriously. Wait until you get home, and then don't email. That's fine. Uh, yeah, so he will totally dodge uh, removal if you can get him to transform in response. So uh, if you want to kill one of these, wait until your opponent activates the ability, then target it with the removal. Yeah. I mean... Again, I have a hard time lumping this Jace into the power creep, just because it's so he's so different. Right. Because he has a creature side, because he does, because he transforms. And that's, I don't know how well they fit in my in our examples, but it's not just Jace. I think I just think Jace was a good example because he has so many iterations. He does, and and we can see how the design has gotten. Uh, I'm going to call it more refined, uh, more nuanced, is what I think I will call it. Uh, over time. I mean, the original Jace Bellerin was, uh, I'm gonna say pretty, pretty basic in what he did. There was no messing around, no nonsense. It just did X, Y, and Z, right? Yep. Uh, but then as time has gone on, we've gotten things that are more, more nuanced. So hey, since we've talked about all of these, uh, let's just put our, put our thoughts in order with these, shall okay. we? Okay. So, uh, ignoring Mind Sculptor, cause it's clearly the best. Uh, what is the best of those remaining? Architect of Thought. I'm in, I'm inclined to agree. Uh, I think that Architect of Thought is uh, is the best. How about number two? Probably Memory Adept. I would also agree. I think Memory Adept is uh, is number two. How about number three? Personally, because how I enjoy playing Magic, I'd probably say Living Guild Pact. Uh huh. But that's because I enjoy playing with the graveyard more than other people than a lot of people do. Right. So I see a lot of the benefit is plus. Yeah, I'm not sure that I would. I'm not sure that I'm with you on that one. I'm, I'm, I don't I think a, I don't think a lot of people too. are, and I think a lot of that is based on my preferences in Magic. Uh huh. So, that I mean that's that's what I think is a lot of it's based off my preferences that I would much. I like to put stuff in the yard. All right, and so then number four for you is it Bellerin or is it Vryn's Prodigy? Which card would you rather play with? Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. I haven't seen enough of Rin's Prodigy in action to really answer this question. I haven't either. I would almost want to say if I'm playing like a standard setting, probably want to play Rin's Prodigy. But in like a multiplayer setting, I probably want Jace uh, Bellerin. Uh, yeah, okay, that's fair. That's what I'm going to say right now. Because I haven't played with Rin's Prodigy yet, so I don't know how it feels yet. Right. So... So themes that we saw running through all of Jace, uh, we started with card draw and mill. We continued uh, some 
form of card advantage on pretty much all of them. Sometimes it took slightly different forms. That factor fiction is just devastating. Devastating. Uh, We saw him evolve an ability to protect himself because that was kind of a complaint about some planeswalkers that if they have no way to protect themselves, they they die very, very quickly. So uh, he evolved a way to protect himself, and we saw that theme carry forward as well. So uh, I'd say... Uh, the, the Jaces all feel like the same character. Right. Right, so. They, they, I, they're right. I think they did nail him in Jace is always Jace. Yes. No matter what you play, you feel like you're playing a Jace. The J stands for jerk. Sure. Well, he's just so blue. He's as blue as they come, but they know what Chandra's as red as they come. Yeah, although we could do a show about comparing and contrasting the the Chandra cards, but it would be a very downer of a show. It would be a real downer of a show. I feel I still maintain Pyro Masters the best they printed. I think so too. I haven't yet decided about uh, the new Chandra. Um, she does a, a gobs of damage the turn she transforms, or at least she can. Yeah, she does because she's already dealing three damage, and then she does two more. Yeah. That's five damage so a turn. That's a quarter of your life. That's pretty good. Yeah, I still have a hard time going because it's turn four and you've got to get through with a 2-2 two, two to yeah, really but, get her to flip properly. Well, but remember, she doesn't actually have to hit you with three damage. She just has to deal three damage total this turn. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's something that we, we got a little bit wrong and some folks took us to, to task for that. Uh, but yeah, the, the new Chandra, which is uh, Chandra... Fire of Kaladesh? Yeah, Fire of Kaladesh. Uh, she tapper, she deals one damage to target player. If she has dealt three or more damage this turn, it doesn't say where or to whom, just three total damage this turn, then transform her. So she's, she's a great deal easier to flip than we thought she was. She has to kill like a 1-1. One, one. Uh, well, no, not really. I mean, okay, so she can swing... Deal two damage to whatever big dumb O4 is standing in her way. Uh, then you cast a red spell, whatever it may be, untap her. Tap her, she deals the one damage to the player, that's a total of three damage, and she transforms. Yeah, but you're under the assumption she's hitting an O4. Yeah, well, she's gotta survive her attack. Like, yes. like I, I mean, I still think the, uh, the ability for her to, no, how, no, how does this work? Um, let's say, you know, I swing in with a Chandra. Sure. You block with a 3-3. Yes. In response, I'm going to cast Thunderbolt. Sure. She untaps. Yes. I ping her to deal damage. So she's dealt one. Sure. So she's dealt one damage. Now combat damage is dealt. Yes. Does she immediately flip or does she she die? She dies. She does die. Yeah, because we're going to check state-based actions before we would put any abilities on the stack. And a triggered ability has has happened here. Right, where, right. uh, oh, well, you're gonna have to activate her again anyway, right, because the, the whole transform is part of the clause where she deals one damage. So under your scenario, she wouldn't transform at all. Oh, so, so that's based on her, her, it's based on her ping, not just her dealing damage. Yes, it's, it's based on the ping. You actually yes. have to activate the ability to make it work. Oh, so it's not just if she's dealt three damage, she has to deal it through pinging. The, the last bit of damage has to be dealt through pinging. Uh, well, yes. Yeah, you have to activate that ability to make it work. Yes. So I couldn't just put a piece of equipment on her to swing in, and she dealt three damage, and she doesn't just flip. Correct. Okay. 
But again, that's that's a whole yeah. discussion for another time. Uh, but All yeah. right, now, now she has. Now let's give her first strike. Uh, I like it. Let's let's give her uh, flying and plus three plus three. Let's just nope, stick nope, her with else. Nope, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Oh. But I, I do want to give her first strike. Okay. And I want her to swing in. Yes. Deal first strike damage. And re- you know, in response to first strike damage, you thunderbolt your opponent. Right. She untaps. Yes. First strike damage happens. Yes. Then before regular combat damage happens, you pit, you tap and ping your opponent. Yes, and then she transforms. She, then she transforms and no combat damage is dealt? Not to her. Okay. In, unless the opposing creature had uh, first strike as well. Right. I was under the assumption they didn't. Right. Okay. So there's things like that. Give her first strike. Makes her better. Well, I think that's true of almost any creature. Trying to find one where that's not the case. I don't think there is one. Nope, I don't think there is one. All right, so that is our little trip down Jace Lane, as it were. So with side tangent on Chandra. With side tangent on Chandra. Now, one thing that we didn't really discuss that that probably should uh, should be part of this discussion, but it's it's not, and it probably won't be just because we're just about done with this episode. Um, when we're talking about the power of these planeswalkers, it's really not fair to do what we've done here. And we've talked about their power kind of in a vacuum. And you really need to think about their power in the setting they were in. So in the set they were in or in the, the version of standard that they were in. Right. Because one of the things that Watsi does a pretty good job of is uh, keeping a balance of power going so that we don't just have a constant everything is better and better and better and better over time. Uh, so you get kind of an ebb and flow of right. the sets. Um, so that's true, but if we did, we, we can't, can't always do that for everything we judge in this matter of power creep. Yeah. Because if you compare some green, one of the green gins from early alpha to Thrag Tusk, and there's clearly power creep there, but that's still not looking at the fact that Thrag Tusk might have been, not the best example, less powerful than some of those gins were at that time. Yeah. Although the early creatures were overall bad. Yeah, exactly. So, but, you, but you look at like, or was it Nephilims? Was it green gins or green Nephilims that were the big thing that dealt that, that green used a lot? I think it was the Nephilims, but you I, might be right. I, that you was might... that was before my time, though. It's before yeah. a lot of people's time. I mean, you yeah. can some you can of our look listeners at, uh, weren't born yet. Clues. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you can look at uh, angels. Hey, since from the vault, angels is coming up. That's that's a good one. So you can look at like Sarah Angel, who used to just be the bomb. In, uh, as creatures go. And she was later supplanted by Baneslayer. And then eventually even Baneslayer became passe, uh, because we ended up with things like, uh, Angel of Serenity. Huh. Angel of Serenity. Yeah, so. Remember I saw a comic of her, just showed her, like, running around, like, slashing and destroying everything, and they said she's the Angel of what now? Exactly. Exactly. But that's back when she was destroying Standard. All right. Well, I hope that this was uh, an interesting discussion for everybody out there to see how uh, Watsi's design of planeswalkers has, uh, you know, shifted and refined over time. Um, I think we we looked at just Jace, which might not be the best way to look at it, but it's easier to look at one versus all. Yeah. Because if we look at all three drop planeswalkers, we're looking at... Domri Raid, Jace Bellerin, Ashiok, Liliana the Veil, 
I can't think of another three drop, but I think there is one out there. Uh, didn't Chandra have a, a three drop? No, I think she's never been less than four. I don't know about that. Chandra f- Nolar was four. Chandra. Uh, Chandra Nolar was actually five. Uh, Chandra Fire of Kaladesh, the new one, is three. Uh, Pyromaster was four. Firebrand was four. The one from World Wake was six. Yeah, okay. Chandra Blaze was six. Yeah, you're right. Four. Four was as low as we went. Yeah. Again, I have a hard time looking at the creatures uh, saying that Jace is a two-mana planeswalker. Yeah. So when you compare them like all that, we compared all the three drops and all, all the four drops. It's, it's a lot more time consuming and then you're comparing power of color versus what other colors do. Liliana mm-hmm. the Veil makes you sacrifice stuff, but she's black. That's what black does. Green doesn't do that. So it's hard to compare that to that, you know, comparing cross color pies. That's why I liked doing it against one planeswalker. Yeah. Because it's the same color, it's the same theme, it's the same character that they try to keep the themes the same. So maybe one day if we have more time to record a longer episode, we can try to hash that out. I would almost want a third, maybe fourth person in there to help with that, help out with that. Oh, definitely. Because that's going to be a long episode and that needs, we need a lot of people. We need to do more research while we're still in the middle of the show to look up what we're bringing up. Yeah. And we need extra people for that. So maybe if you guys want that episode, we can try to work something out where Clues and I set longer time frames and you guys want the long episode. And we can just go to town on Planeswalkers. That'd be fine by me. But that's probably not going to be a normal episode we do. No, probably not. So Probably not. Although I feel like we're having kind of a summer of Planeswalkers because we do have a, another Planeswalker flavor episode coming up soon uh, in the next couple of weeks where we will talk about uh, the, about? the five from Origins. That's and, right, the and origin, their five. origin stories. So I hate uh, calling them the Origin Five because they're not the original five. But right, right, yeah, but it, that's coming soon. Um, so watch, watch for that. We're working on scheduling that out, and I think that'll be a good one. Oh, I agree. I think I, they did a smash up job with. Um, their their stories. Oh, absolutely. The stories are getting really good. And I don't know. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the stories that are now tying into uh, Battle for Zendikar. But oh man, oh man, I'm so stoked. Battle for Zendikar should be real good. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna wrap it up there uh, for this week. Uh, like I said, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. If you have strong feelings about some of these Jaces, think maybe we under or overvalued some of them. Please let us know. But whoever says we overvalued Architect of Thought, I don't want to hear it. You're uh, you're wrong. Uh, I I want to hear it. Let's say. Um, I mean, let's not. be honest, Clues. Was he not the best Planeswalker during his standard? I don't know what you're talking about. All right, so Clues is going to lie to you all, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to abstain from commenting on. Yeah, he probably was. <sighs> during his standard, I can't think of one that was more powerful. Stupid chase. Or at least more impactful in standard. Yeah, very impactful in standard. I think that's Domri wasn't super impactful. He was there, but not as not as prominent. His decks weren't ones that were winning all the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas Architect of Thought decks were. Because Architect of Thought destroyed the block. Like the blocked Pro Tour, pretty much every deck that was winning ran Jace. Well, if you do want to get some thoughts to us, there are a variety of ways to do that. Uh, we are, of course, on the MTG Cast Network. You can also find us on our own website, which is cardadvantagecast.com. You can email us at mtgcardadvantage at gmail.com, or 
you can hit us up on the Twitter. We are at Card Advantage, which incidentally, we are not affiliated with the online card retailer, Card Advantage. We've said this before, but I, I got a tweet uh, that was meant for them earlier this week. It happens every couple of months. Uh, so we're not affiliated with them. Complaints should go to, I believe their Twitter handle is at card underscore advantage. That's them, not us. Uh, if you want to reach me directly, you can do that. Your best bet is Twitter. I am at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. I am at Architect of Your Thoughts, or however it's spelled in the show notes, which I think is M-I-N-D-M-4-G-E. Yeah, I think that's I right. It's a weird spelling, I know, but it's an, it's an ancient pronunciation. That's right. It absolutely is. Uh, so there you go. Thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you all next time. I'm actually proud of how well I got through that episode without saying how much I hated that bastard. Yeah, you did pretty good. But because we're looking at the cards, not the the cards themselves through design. Yeah, but do you have any idea how many times I have had to face down this bastard across the table? Oh, man. Well, you play Legacy, so I imagine you have to play the worst of them all, too. Oh, the mind sculptor. So many minds sculpted.